Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to my good bad brain. I'm a normal person, so I'm insane. I've got depression and ADHD, but I'm doing better since I medicated me. I'm still not always sure whether I exist or what being a person even really is. But I figured out a long time ago that being alive is Hi, everybody. This is Jarrett Sleeper. Um, I'm the host of My Good Bad Brain. Uh, really quick, let's just say up top, if you like My Good Bad Brain, check out patreon.com slash mygoodbadbrain. The support there really uh, helps keep this bad boy going. And also, if you dig the pod, please consider leaving a review. A nice one. I mean, if you like it. You know, if you don't, then maybe don't. I don't know. Um, all right. Today's episode of My Good Bad Brain. Um, this is a late this was supposed to come out last week. We recorded it about two weeks ago, week and a half ago, something like that. Um, but you know how these things go uh, when having a, a good bad brain, a good ADHD bad brain. Um, I'm going to do another episode that's just going to be me talking, doing a brain breather. I'm also going to release uh, this week. So I'm not going to go too into like, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, this episode... It's weird to like, I kind of forget what happens between me and people. Like I forget what we talk about. I forget names. Um, I always say like, I, I, I forget names. I never uh, really forget how someone makes me feel. And sometimes that creates a weird situation where uh, you're trying to figure out how you know someone and you just have to trust like the sense you have about them. Um, and sometimes it might be because you saw them in like a chip commercial or something. And sometimes it'll be because uh, you guys had a nice interaction one time at a party or something. I don't know. Um, and so I don't even remember like exactly what Melissa and I talked about on this episode. I know where we jumped off from. I can always remember where we jumped off from. But I can remember like the f feelings that I had associated with this interview, which was that it was very focused and very just interesting to me because I think a thing that happens a lot on this podcast um, is there's 
and I don't know if it's just me or I'm changing or whatever, but it, there's this effort to find your sameness with people. Find, you know, on the one hand, that's nice to look for what's like we have in common and, you know, that there's like a, obviously a positive instinct behind that. Um, but it leads to a lot of like, yeah, yeah, me too, me too, me too. And I think also, I, go th- I get that too. I totally get that. Yes, yes, that kind of a feeling, which is validating and which is like lovely to go through. I also think I have a bad habit, which I'm trying to pay attention to and adjust of like, I think I'm relating. I'm I'm like, if someone tells me something and it resonates with me and then I'm like, oh, I have a situation like that too. That I, my sense is like adding to in my internal lived sense. But I think sometimes it can be like seem, I don't know. It's, it's like, no, keep the focus on the other person. Ask questions. Listen, you're talking about them. This isn't like. So when somebody says something that is similar to something in your life, that's not an opportunity to like talk about how you've, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've done that too. Like, like a, maybe a more well-intentioned version of like a know-it-all or something. Um, and with Melissa, I don't, I, I, I've known Melissa because I've like worked around her and near her, uh, cause she, she produces other podcasts and, and is like a co-host on other podcasts too, but I never, um, got to like talk to her much. And she always had this energy that, um, I mean, I say, I say some of this again, I always repeat myself in these intros, but she had this energy that like, she clearly doesn't miss anything. She's clearly taken everything in, but she's like very quiet. And it got me thinking a lot about this idea of like the quiet ones, you know, especially like when you work, you're a quote unquote quiet one working near, um, near big personalities like you know youtuber vlog people you know kind of things uh and that i i was interested in basically jumping off around that um i I think i intended it to be more about like our experiences existentially around people who have these big existences quote-unquote whatever and then what it is to be near that and witness that and be part of it, but not really. And what it is to be around big personalities where it's your job to be like the quiet one and to make things happen and how this perception can grow around you as like the quiet one. But are you like, are are you, and that just by being quiet, I don't know, there's something in that about like, just by being observant and quiet, not putting yourself out there, you, can get that label and be like, Oh, that there you're the quiet one. That person's like, the, you know, and, uh, and that it's, it's kind of one of those weird things. It's one of the few, I think traits you can receive like a character you can have assigned to you, not based on something you do, but based on something you don't do. Um, that just in a kind of absolute, Oh, they must have be like this. And so I kind of want to just talk to her about that I wanted to like get to know her better and because I was reaching out to her uh, for someone that she produces for to like see if they wanted to be interested in coming on the podcast and and then I was just like you know what what about you do you do you have any interest in doing this because I've obviously been steering these uh these interviews to be less like influencery you know I, and they're just more people that interest me or that are quote-unquote normal or you know in my life that I interact with and I want to bring them into this weird diary forum formless forum to chat about getting to know them and uh so melissa did it and it was really just so lovely i just think it was like kind of intense and and so unique to talk to somebody who's different from me like so different like i just remember having less of the 
like she was so honest and open about things and also was just like the way she processes emotions or her her like truth around all that i don't know it just felt like very disparate from my experience and getting to talk to somebody like that who who kind of holds this strength this strong character and um, holds their space so strongly uh, partly despite of partly because of other people i don't know it was just interesting so um is amazing um she's like a very creative like writer and and uh director and producer and anyway melissa Monts. I, ho- I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation we had um uh yeah let's get into it oh i'm starting another podcast also this is it's very different from this and i just wanted it it's called fight stuff it's me and my friend zeke it's just a very different podcast so different that i hesitate to even like advertise it here because i'm like i don't know but obviously i'll be me uh on it so there'll be kind of like introspective about ideas about violence and stuff but it's about violence and violence enthusiasts uh fight sports that i do jujitsu obviously a lot and uh some like army military history kind of stuff and just just variety a variety of things i'm not going to sell it too hard here because it's so different and this space is this weird thing this little project that we do together but um i'm excited for it i think it's gonna be really fun it'll be very different than this it'll be much like goofier like me hanging out with my buddy and and talking about things that fascinate me uh and him things that we talk about already so yeah fighting and stuff related to it like the history of it and i don't know it gets kind of esoteric one of my first episodes like about CTE in the ancient world. So obviously there's, you know, uh, traumatic encephalopathy, like the result of uh, degeneration in your brain from concussions. So obviously I still kind of maintain some interest in this space, but it is all just more focused. It's like fighting and stuff related to fighting. Anyway. um, All right. That's enough of that. Thank you for listening. Check out Fight Stuff if that sounds like it would be intriguing to you. And uh, on with this show, this wonderful conversation with the terrific Melissa Motts. Um, all right. Actually, we'll talk for a second. Hello. Yeah, this will work. This okay. Um, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm well. Yeah. This is nice. I'm glad we finally figured this Me out. Me too. Me too. Um, like I was just saying, I, I never know like when to stop the preamble, mm-hmm. like warm up. Let's say hi to each other. Right. And then when we... You want to get the niceties out the way before we dig in. Yeah. And also the <laughs> nature of this uh, podcast is so like, so loosey goosey and mm-hmm. conversational. And I just feel like it being that name, good, bad brain. I just want to create like a little space for brains to hang out. Yeah. You're like so much of the preamble when somebody comes over or I get to their house to talk on the mm-hmm. show. Uh, it's like a little bit warm up, I guess, to get talking. But then a lot of that's like basically what I end up talking right. about or something. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't, well. I'm never I'm always like figuring out. But anyway, this this was nice. I'll, I'll say I mean, some of this stuff I end up saying, I guess, in the like part that I record when you're not here talking mm-hmm. about, oh, who's molested to me or whatever. But um. I'm glad this happened. I don't know. I, I was I was reaching out to you. I think to talk to to Megan because yeah, you're kind and we're of still working on that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But like as a in that producerial position. Mm-hmm. But um, the nature of entertainment these right. days, I suppose, and and the the little niche of like new media and things uh-huh. is uh, you've always been sort of I guess in radio it has a precedent in radio and in general of like the producer who's right. kind of also present and part of the conversation. Uh-huh. 
And I'll say that I never really knew how to navigate that well. Cause like I would come on Grace's show mm-hmm. or I'd come on, um, on Megan's or whatever. And it's like, are we talking who, what's ha- I don't know. Right. Right. And, uh, and then, and then like you'll, you'd chime in and then I'd be like, wait, yeah. So I don't mean <laughs> to be ignoring somebody. In no, a- no, no. Yeah. It did. I mean like when you came on Megan's, I was like just gradually yeah. moving over the first time we were on, I think yeah, I was yeah, gradually moving on to the mic and then now I'm more in the co-host role. So yes. And, and so when I was reaching out to you about this, mm-hmm. uh, it was about like reaching out to Megan again. Cause I forgot, I just forget to do reach. I forget, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and we were emailing and then I was like, I wait, why not Melissa? Like that would be <laughs> such a nice, uh, cause I don't know. We've, we've never connected or talked to like in, yeah. in at a length. Yeah. And we've never done like one-on-one or anything before. Yeah. And you just have this energy that's definitely like so, um, present hmm. and this is just me projecting maybe, but, Mm. but the way I've always read you is as someone who doesn't miss anything and is like taking a lot in Uh obviously quiet as a, as a, um, I, I think maybe just as a construct of your role in this, in the environment. I I don't ever want to step on what the actual host is doing because it's there. People are listening for them. Right. But if I can add something that's more to the conversation then I will. Yeah, and that also speaks to I guess like even if it ha- even if not recording because you're like producing these things mm-hmm. often too. Like the, yeah. the nature of a producer is right. not to be the one. And um, I mean, in my own, as I've continued to like create things because of new media, um, you're you're like it's very different when you're a person who's the actor that day or the host that day, mm-hmm. and when you're being the producer that right. day. I mean, even this this is my first time being on a podcast as a guest, really? even though I've been on hundreds of podcasts yeah. at this point. Well, good. I'm glad that yeah. we got to do this. I don't know because, yeah, so that that was sort of, um, and I said this before, but just for it being on mic again, mm-hmm. like that was a jump off point, I thought, about uh, this was about that unique, strange role in media, right. maybe, and, and what that creates because, and we've talked about new media a bit in general, but I think it creates a sort of like... Um, more extreme or, or more exacerbated situation uh, that most people encounter in normal life where mm-hmm. it's like if you are the person who the role you've taken on is being quieter in the groups or something like mm-hmm. that this is obviously in a professional setting so it's like you have this and then and then that weirdness of it's not just that they're a host it's like it's like new media and vlogging and the kind of people that you right. tend to work with that murky line of real life and entertainment right, is right. already so weird. Right. I mean, cause most of the time, like their job is to be a personality quote unquote. Yeah. Know? And it's like your job is to mm-hmm. be like the quiet one. Right. To quietly steer what's going on. Yeah. So it's like, what is, what is that? And like, how do you find yourself ending up being the quiet one? And does that feel like it reflects your normal life? And does that feel like, uh, counter to your normal life mm-hmm. and do you feel you know what i mean so that's right. i don't know i thought that would be an interesting yeah, place that to is start really interesting oh um, and also i'll say secondary to that both of us maybe uh, some discussion of i think yeah secondary to that uh being around big big personalities mm-hmm. especially ones who are like some level of success and fame and i had this realization a while ago having like influencers quote unquote right. on the podcast that um it's so fucking great for visibility and whatever and i think if people want to if people come and talk about their things uh-huh. for mental health and everything like that. But um, also that those individuals have a fairly unique situation mm-hmm. that isn't always, I don't know, relatable or right. applicable, right. whatever. So I thought it'd be interesting to go like, you also have been in that position of this weird, 
space that we occupy. I mean, mm-hmm. I used to say with new media, the strangeness of like, I never became like a vlogger. I never was like, people go to watch my shit for this yeah. kind of thing that you end up being, the, I always felt like a ghost. My whole life, I felt like an interloper uh-huh. in like strange spaces. Um, and I felt like maybe you would have some uh, relation to that mm-hmm. too. And that would be like a secondary topic. Okay. But anyway. But now take it away. Because before right. we started, I said, I don't know, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah. And you said, I just want to talk. I just want to talk. I mean, um, just to go off what you were saying, um, when I was growing up, I've al- I was always very opinionated and spoke my mind. And um, my parents welcomed that. Um, I've all... I- I've always been like very smart and intellectual. And then when I like got to school, teachers aren't really, at least where I was going to school, aren't really receptive. Well, I grew up in, I grew, I was born in Arkansas and I moved around a lot as a kid because Hmm. my mom worked in corporate America. Um, So I've lived in Pennsylvania and Texas and Tennessee and Mississippi and very like middle America. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely middle America. Arkansas. So, I have a funny association with just uh, <laughs> a weird side note, just cause when I was in like second grade mm-hmm. or something, I came home like the first day of spring break or the day before spring break. Must've been a little older than that, but, and my, Mom's sitting there with another family friend's mom okay. and just goes, we're going to Arkansas. And I was like, what? And, yeah. and she was like, yeah, it's like, I guess they figured it was the furthest they could like drive in a day from Illinois. Okay. And so we went on this weird road trip to Arkansas of all places. Hmm. And uh, it's a unique place. What part of Arkansas? I mean, it was, I know it was like, I think we, we were in Little Rock for okay. one night, at least we stayed at some, some friends of theirs house. Uh-huh. But I, the most thing, the thing I remember the most is like a catfish restaurant called Cock of the Walk. We okay. Ate at. <laughs> uh, thinking that was really funny and having like fried pickles for the first time. Yeah. And yeah. I miss those. Yeah, man. I mean, there's some cool stuff about it. We were some kind of like Appalachian kind of town okay. for some of it. Um, but just like a strange journey. Yeah. The that we- is a weird place so to weird. just end up at. The weirdest thing, the thing that I think about the most from there was this one day in the car the other uh my mom fell asleep and the mm-hmm. other mom was driving and i guess the other mom drove the wrong way for like 200 miles while okay. i was asleep in the front seat my mom wakes up and she's like where are we when she starts to realize and we pull her some gas station my mom's like so mad i don't know she's because uh-huh. whatever she's my mom and we got we pulled over to this gas station that had a bear in a cage <laughs> Uh, which sounds like, an actual so, bear? like a real bear oh my in gosh. this cage and in the middle of nowhere, Arkansas. And it was just so surreal. And I remember the other mom, um, as we were turning around and driving back or whatever, and my mom's kind of a big personality. And this other mom was a little bit mousy. And I don't know that like <laughs> my, the other mom was like, well, if we hadn't driven the wrong way, the kids wouldn't have seen that bear. That's true. And you wouldn't be telling this story right now. And I think about it all the time. Wow. You know, it's a good way to, you know, you always get some. Anyway, so yeah. Arkansas yeah, of I'm all from, places. I'm from Northwest Arkansas, which um, it's not it, the it's a big college town. Um, that's where the University of Arkansas is. It's a lot more liberal than the rest of the state. Um, and it's not very rural. Yeah. So um, it's different from the rest of Arkansas, yeah. I'll say that. And like the headquarters for Walmart's there and Tyson Chicken and um, J.B. Hunt Trucking Company. It's all so there's a lot of money mm. in that area. So it's not quite like the rest of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So I've never seen a bear. Yeah, <laughs> in just cage. in a cage. Yeah. Um, but um, just going to school, um, it kind of uh, it, it stopped me from being as expressive as I was because I would get shut down from teachers. Like Hmm. basically like girls don't need to talk this much. And so that's 
kind of when I started to become quiet to become quiet because mm. I would um, turn off that part of my brain. But I do, you know, I do my work, get everything done, had straight A's, but I wasn't as opinionated. But then when I go back home, very talkative. Um, so I don't think my family would characterize me as being quiet or anything, yeah. but other people would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, how old was that when that started to happen? That like be quiet. Thing? Um, I'd say as soon as I went to kindergarten, I went to this. Um, I started kindergarten in Mississippi. Um, at this private school. Um, and they and. I was a lot, my grandmother taught me to read when I was like three years old. And so I came into school, like already knowing how to read, already knowing how to do math. Um, and, and they're like, you're talking too much and the other students don't have a chance to learn. And so, um, there was talks about me skipping to another grade, but then my parents were like, cause we moved, since we moved around a lot, I wouldn't be, when we moved, I wouldn't be like on the same level as different in mm-hmm. different subjects. So it would be harder yeah. if we did that. So, um, yeah, that's kind of when it started. Yeah, that's so weird that mm-hmm. like, yeah, that that young, mm-hmm. that's such an unfortunate thing to yeah. tell someone. I, I mean, I, and I do think there's definitely some like systemic uh, sexism about mm-hmm. that. There was a whole book that was written, I forget what it was called, but like about basically the idea that like um, men and women or boys and girls rather in school that, you know, if a, if a boy's outspoken, he's a, he's a leader. Right. If a woman's, you know, she's bossy and bitchy. Right. And that that kind of thing continues throughout your life. And it's just interesting that you say that because I, I was just talking this the other day that um, when I was in that age, mm-hmm. I, I was very similar. I loved to read. I, I could read early, yeah. and they just like rewarded it. You uh-huh. know, they would they they I I would like by reading more books, I would earn uh, time in the library. Uh-huh. I was allowed to go to the library. Well, I did I did get to like I would go to the library because yeah. they were keeping me out of class. That's so wild because they're like, why are you here when you already know how to like read this? So it was like, I would actually go to the library, like with the first graders and I'd be sitting in the library and doing my own thing, but I wouldn't be in class. Well, there's gotta be some subtle like difference because I really do think the things we learn from like kindergarten to fifth grade Mm -hmm. are the things that kind of form us the most. And And I even think on a literal level of like what you learn, like, the things that make you sound smart, mm-hmm. I think, like facts about animals or about mythology right. or whatever, like you learn all that, like the interesting stuff in elementary school, uh-huh. like if you're paying attention and that plus like, I think you really learn how to be. Mm-hmm. And so it's like weird. Uh, I don't know. And, and maybe unfortunate that like I, I did always have a sense. I mean, everybody figures out how to turn their own things into a curse, but mm-hmm. that like to say whatever I wanted to say and speak my mind uh-huh. and. And, you know, and sometimes I think like society makes almost like a mistake by telling all of us, you can be whatever the fuck you want to be. Right. You're spe- cause right. like, cause the, you really think that. And then mm-hmm. when you get older and realize they don't really want you to think that it's mm-hmm. like this impediment. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but that's interesting that like that, this subtle shift. Um, I mean, I talk too much. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> and, and you just, then you got like kind of taught to be quiet. Took, yeah. Do you, I don't know. Cause part of me envies that like, huh. cause the ability to hold your own space and mm-hmm. not feel like you have to talk or entertain or, right. you know what I mean? Right. How do you feel about it? I mean, um, I agree. Um, I think sometimes a lot of people talk just to hear themselves talk. Um, and that's one of the things when, when, um, I, when I think I, it wasn't when I very first met you, but it was the first time that you were on Grace's podcast and you were talking and I was like, this is 
the kind this is a guy that talks and it's not to hear himself talk he's actually like sharing wisdom and things that i actually like i i distinctly remember this you had this big burly beard at the time that's right thank you and so um and so I, I I just remember I was like I I like this guy because he talks and when he talks he's educating people and sh- or sharing feelings and it's not in a way that's like condescending or boasting or um, just talking so other people can hear him he's actually saying something that matters. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I mean that's really nice of you to say. I mean yeah. I I'm gonna act like I set this up just to get you to say that. <laughs> no, I uh, thanks. Yeah, I I think um <clears throat> I definitely I my friend Terry who I mentioned on this show often but um and and came on the show a few weeks ago actually mm. was the first like listener or whatever because terry's just definitely entered as as a pal at this point but um that put this thought in my head that you know some people think to talk and mm-hmm. some people talk to think and uh i'm definitely a talk to think person so right. i think there is actually a quality of talking and hear myself talk sometimes but in a hopefully more practical way okay. like i just need to get it out of my head and mm-hmm. i'm still working it out um and i and i also that's interesting to hear you say that. That's very meaningful to me because I I don't know maybe in my life too people like the idea of wisdom like what the fuck is wisdom right. I would I would never I say I don't know a lot mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. that's like a like a tick I have but I think a tick of our generation you go I don't know I don't know you just add that to the other things because uh-huh. it's kind of like get out of jail free card a little bit like whatever I say I don't really know though who am I right and I wonder about that because on the one hand in other people I don't really believe people who who say they know things right you know right Um, no one really knows because you fucking can't right but on the other hand there's something to like learning how to be strong in yourself and Mm -hmm. not feel like you have to say things or you know entertain or fill a space that takes a lot of strength to me i Mm -hmm. I guess to stay quiet Mm -hmm. and i don't know i don't really have i don't know i don't know how to put a question mark on the end of that but yeah, I'm I'm comfortable in science in silence because I I listen and I absorb everything and I think that makes me like I can dis- distinguish things in other people that people that like are constantly talking can actually see. Mm. Um for example, I met with a friend right before this and um she was talking to me about a professional project that she's working on. And, um, there's this one guy that we've worked with before that I know he just uses people to move up and he's not really moving up because like he'll, he'll only contact with me when he knows that I have something going on in my life Mm. and it's never just, Hey, I'm just checking to see how you're doing. And she didn't see it before. And now she has this big project on the table and Mm. he's constantly contacting her for it. And so I was able to see that a lot, like a few years ago and she's mm-hmm. just now seeing this. That is really interesting. Uh, I've been thinking about that kind of thing. Uh, the idea of networking, mm-hmm. right. Is like, sounds so fucking gross. Right. Uh, because I think we all picture some Hollywoody, you know, right. some scumbag who does that kind right. of thing. And, um, and as I've uh, grown, I've realized like real networking, quote unquote, is uh, kind of pure. It's mm-hmm. sort of like organic. It's mm-hmm. like you like-minded people, that you meet because uh, you work on stuff. And so when you get a chance to work on stuff, you They're ask the them. They're the ones that you call. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, and vice versa, like reaching out to people like you're talking about mm-hmm. just to stay in touch, mm-hmm. just to see what they're up to, just to um, 
see what's going on and, and not having like some ulterior motive. Right. Uh, but that that does create, I mean, my favorite thing is to hire people for stuff. Like yeah. I yeah. remember I was watching this uh, master class. I was watching some of this Werner Herzog master class. You know what I'm okay. talking about those things? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I've taken like Judd Apatow's and Shonda oh, yeah? Rhimes. And, yeah, How are they? They're great. I think they're pretty great. They're, I love them and so cheap. And I'm like, I'm, I've signed up for all the cooking ones that I want to oh, do now. So I have yeah. the like yearly subscription. My brother so. got the yearly subscription. My yeah. friends got me one for my birthday. Yeah. And then my other brother just had a yearly subscription. So I've been, but the Herzog one, he, he talks about how, he tries to like how much waste is in budgets and mm-hmm. da, da da And he tries to have these tiny crews and how he does things. Uh, and I was like, I love so much about him. And that's like one of the few things I just, dis- I like, cause I love being able to just have a big, if I have extra budget, you can just hire people, yeah, you know? Yeah. But, um, but that there is a, there is a difference. Like, so a, the first thing that realizing years on that networking was kind of like just not quitting mm-hmm. and other people and then being nice. Mm-hmm. And that like, I don't think I was always nice. I think I was sometimes, uh, not that I wasn't nice, but I was an energy suck that right. I've been like problem, a problem right. by just being so, I think, uh, c- connected to the idea of like oneself as a fucked up artist or something like that mm-hmm. or, you know, but by being nice, not a problem and just sticking around is like, that's what networking really is. Right. And then you just keep working and you, you ask people to work with you and you have a chance. Uh, but I do wonder about that. That's an interesting, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think I realized once a little bit ago that I was doing the thing of like, contacting people because I needed stuff mm-hmm. and I didn't know if, it, you know, and I hope, hoping they could do it. And, um, and also realizing that sometimes when I would do that, you're like, what are you doing? Like, these are people who like, you realize that you guys are sort of competing for the same jobs. True. And so what do you even like, right. you think they're gonna, so it's like, not only is it like a bad motive, like mm-hmm. a kind of a, an impure motive, but also that it's like not even practical. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, that's, a, that is a tricky, uh, thing that we encounter like this, like, how do you, you when you want to get things from other people? Right. Right. And so for like me for networking, like I used to, you know, when, when I first moved here, go to these networking events, which I think they're all a waste of time. Like I've never really, yeah. Have you had, uh, uh, well, I don't know. I'm wondering, I'm asking really yeah. because one thing I've been thinking about recently, um, well, what I've been thinking about is mm-hmm. like. I've been I've been doing artsy fartsy stuff for a long time, probably like more than twenty years. And I really am realistic about like when I started doing theater when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and and uh, I was sixteen when I did my first like professional show in the city, and uh-huh. I'm thirty three now. So I'm going on almost two decades of like doing this thing and kind of encountering like that feeling that some of us get when I was a kid too, when I was eighteen, and kind of being judgy and being like, I'm not going to be one of these guys yeah. in his thirties still trying to be an actor or whatever. And kind of having to face the reality of being the embarrassing thing, being mm-hmm. like, I fucking love it. And yeah. I have to stop by, by half committing and being like, yeah, I do it sometimes. I don't really, yeah. because you just don't want to be that like person who says they're an actor who doesn't act or mm-hmm. whatever. Cause it's like, who doesn't want to be an actor or that kind of nonsense of just, just knowing, having the voices in your head about what's embarrassing about right. what you're trying to do or trying to be how embarrassing your dreams are. Mm-hmm. And putting that up against the reality of just this inexplicable fucking illness I have that I love it mm-hmm. that I just love it and I you love, should do what you exactly love. and so part of what I was thinking about related to what you're saying with the the networking thing is like my primary exposure to art also was theater and it's and so the, I think the 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 major factor in theater is collaboration right and that's my favorite fucking thing so working with other people working with artists I don't even really I get bogged down to the editing. I, I, I rarely watch things that I've done like more than once or mm-hmm. so, like once they're put together. Cause I realize the doing of it is what I like. 
And so one thing I've been feeling disconnected from by hating acting classes and not being involved, never going and doing improv, kind of doing some of the YouTube stuff, but that kind of all getting more uh-huh. tapered off and less less collaborative over the last, like, you know, collabs were like how they started. Feeling disconnected from any kind of community mm-hmm. and like feeling like... Um, yeah, I don't know. Just want, being interested in being in a community yeah. of creators. Yeah, I think a community of creators is different from like a networking event where there, where it's specifically an, an event where people are like paying, usually paying for an entry or they're paying for like drink fees. Sure. And people are just like showing up in suits and, hey, this is what I do. Yeah. A lot of those times, um, at least when I was first moving here, a lot of those times it was just people that were either like interns or entry-level assistants and everybody was looking for a producer to latch on to yeah. instead of collaborating with the people that were around. Got it. Yeah, that yeah. sounds horrible. Yes, because that's that's terrible. That's what I'm... That's why I said really because, I mean, it started to occur to me even like to maybe seek out some kinds of, you know, things like, like how to... Just to imbue, just to imbue my like community with mm-hmm. new people and mm-hmm. new energetic people, because you know a lot of us get bogged down too. Right. You get tired. You don't. I've definitely reached a point where it's harder to um, ask people to do things for free mm-hmm. or for just for, for the fun of it. I cherish the people actually who still like, because uh, I, I don't like to take advantage of people either. Right. Like you know, I I cherish people who are like you just have fun creating together. Mm-hmm. So once in a while, you you go do it. Uh, because it's rare, and mm-hmm. I and I always think like if if we had the skill set we have now, but the energy and that we had when we were in high school, like mm-hmm. putting together videos or or even elementary school, I would do in camcorders, and we'd like like how much you'd fucking get done if right. we were all just maniacs and wanted to show up and make something. But that's hard to do because you got to pay bills. You're it tired. Is. You've yeah. been involved with so many shitty projects. You're just like, no, oh, thank mm-hmm. you. I don't know. So I guess um, that thing of just like. <sighs> touching on this thing of like damn i still fucking love this thing i'm tired money's an issue it's hard to pursue it anymore um and and also the kind of part of you that uh does feel like you want to be the person who has done it not the Mm -hmm. person who still does it right has to do it right you know that the that whole joke about like having written is great writing is the worst thing Mm -hmm. in the world and realizing like well then you should do something else Mm -hmm. if i just want to want to be an actor Mm -hmm. and not like act and be good at it right. and try to keep it and getting better at it put my ego out of the way then maybe i should find something else to do right. but facing up that i don't know it's just it's just like a weird yeah no i get that i mean when i first moved out here i was moving out here to be like a writer producer director and then i got um kind of just like on the track just to produce and let my creativity like the writing and and the um directing side fall apart and so last year i just made it a mission for myself because i can i can produce podcasts all day and i'll Mm. and i can like have i can live off that and i'm fine but that's not what i want to do um so i've just made it a mission last year like i'm going to focus on my writing and i got a lot of writing done last year and then this year my goal is i'm going to make those things that i wrote do you have any do you have like a writing like strategy that you use to like get Um, you know what i mean yeah i i usually when i have an idea i'll just write my notes i keep like just uh in the notes app on my phone yeah anytime like i'm doing anything i'll just any idea that pops in my head i just write them all down and i'll do that for a couple weeks yeah and then i'll print all those ideas out and then i'll do an outline and see where those 
things fall into yeah. the place. And then after that, then, um, I'll just write the draft. Um, like I've written a whole like hour pilot in yeah. two days before. Yeah. That's amazing. So, so um, very Werner Herzog, <laughs> of me, by the way, <laughs> so he, I just he says that he's like, you must write with urgency. Yeah. He's like, I will write a screenplay in two days, five days. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. But it's yeah. like, you have to attack yeah. it. And so I'll, I'll like sign up for like these screen reading competitions or yeah. programs and stuff. Not because I want to necessarily get into the program, but just because it'll set, it'll give me an out. That's uh, not a deadline. A deadline, like a, yeah. Do you, um, uh, on top of that, like uh, I do have, I, I've done the bingey thing mm-hmm. and I <clears throat> realized with like, it's very much a, an aspect of my ADHD that I do that because it's, it means it's uh, urgent. It mm-hmm. means it's like a problem that I'm obsessed with and I can, and I've struggled now if I can't catch the binge wave or an idea sits and then I don't get to it, then it's like, it's like, um, it's almost like, well, it's already late. I'm already not doing it. So you just keep pushing it and not doing right. it. And one thing, uh, I've, I've also done is like, I've realized like, well, if I don't, if I'm not going to be able to binge it, what's the point of starting it? I don't mm-hmm. have three days. Well, I, you know, and so basically when I've, I've written out a new schedule for myself, I'm going to attempt a new strategy, okay. uh, in general of like, cause the, the stack of projects that are like longer term, uh-huh. you can't finish them in a day kind of things are like stacking up for me right administrative but, things whatever but it could be like i'm gonna finish this act in these amount of days exactly yeah. so i'm trying to figure out how to like switch my mind and, and try to teach myself a little discipline of like 30 minutes a day mm-hmm. do a little bit of something or like i've 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 heard other writers and like you know who are good at like getting up in the morning and doing a few yeah. of their other private project or whatever and so that's like, do you have anything like that going on right now among um, all your producing to I'm, get your... Yeah, I'm not like, I can't, I'm not a person that can get up and think. I'm a person mm-hmm. that's up all night. Like I don't go, I Got usually it. don't go to sleep to two or three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And so what that's when I up? get, um, depends on if I need to go work on something yeah. for that day. Um, so usually I'm recording other podcasts three times a week and so yeah. I'll get up at anywhere between eight and nine o'clock um but i my writing is done at night that's when i get everything done so between like 12 and 3 that's when i'm writing okay that's amazing Mm -hmm. yeah i'm that's i think that's something i'm trying to face in myself um i always thought of myself as like a night person Mm -hmm. but as times continued on i'm like I think the f- the quality of my work is actually much better in the morning. Like yeah. my brain opens up, uh, even though it's hard for me to get up. And I, I have this, I still have like this child's mentality about sleep. Like I have so much difficulty putting myself to sleep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and, and yet the, the quality of work or, or focus on my work at night is getting worse. So I guess I'm, I'm trying to try some new things for myself, yeah. but that, that used to be like how I think of yeah. myself. And even recently, I did a couple nights that I was up to like 6 a.m. just finishing things mm-hmm. and it felt good. But I, I don't know. I take naps though. That's what I do. I you take do naps. naps. Um, usually I'll take a nap around like 7. I'll take a oh. couple hour naps and it just okay. refreshes my brain for the yeah. day. And do you like set time aside each day or do you just like if you have projects you just... Um, I set time aside each yeah. day. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to like... Discipline's a motherfucker. It is. It's hard for it me. It is. It really is. And like by setting those, like I'll, I'll say that I'm entering a contest and it'll be like the week before it's due. And I have no intention of reading or or winning this contest, but I just need my first draft to be done by that day. So I'll enter it and and then submit it. And I know that they're not going to call me back because it's just a first draft that probably has all these typos in it. But I set this deadline. I'm glad we're talking about this right now Mm -hmm. because this is like, 
right where I'm at or okay. like things I need to get done. And this will be like a good kickstart into <laughs> the next part of life. I don't know. Did that, I don't know. Where do you think, um, that like, cause writing is something that happens in solitude also. Mm-hmm. And did that desire to write and direct and create stories, is that at all related? Do you think to like this sort of thing in your life of being like a quieter person? Um, maybe. I don't, I haven't ever thought of that. And, and actually let mm-hmm. me back that up even because yeah. you were saying that in school that you were that, but you didn't feel quiet at home. No. And again, I've encountered you as somebody who's quiet, but, it, mm. but it's in the in a form of this. Profe- yeah. yeah. So do you feel like that kind of person? No, I don't feel like a quiet person yeah. at all. Do people perceive you that often? Like the fact they that do. I feel like, like one of my, um, good friends, um, she was talking to me and she was like, you're quiet. And, I, and she was like, you're a quiet person. And I don't, when I'm around her, it's like, we're talking all day long <laughs> and I don't think that I'm quiet around her. And I was just thought that was weird, but she also knows me in the professional setting too. So yeah, I didn't know if it was, she was taking part of the professional and personal Yeah, with that. My perception of you, like I said, that you don't miss anything does have like when, this sponge quality mm. is what I in and as a person who's like writes and does these things, is there any truth to that perception that you feel like while you're in those environments and people consider you to be the quiet person, it kind of gives you like a private it, seat to humanity. Yes, 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 very much so. Um like doing that or I have based a lot of characters usually off of the people that I know and I have a very good memory. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't forget a lot of things. And so, um, I'll even with my writing, I'll go somewhere and put on headphones and they won't be on and I'll just listen to people's conversations. That's so good. Mm-hmm. I sometimes put headphones on without music just cause it helps. Yeah, me. me too. Yeah. I like, like, I like the way that like AirPods feel in my ear. Yeah. Just as, and I'm not, talking to anybody but i'll just yeah. sit there with them on i have like some over year like sennheiser things or something mm-hmm. that, not expensive ones like 25 bucks or something on amazon but um i've noticed that sometimes i'll put them on i don't know maybe it's like a it's like a thunder shirt or something yeah. you know it does feel like it creates a little pod mm-hmm. <clears throat> but that is an interesting like very uh literal mm-hmm. uh um sort of format of like this other metaphorical thing yeah. that you're experiencing of like being around yeah, again, like the, like I, like big personalities and yeah, big things. Yeah, like I, f- I feel like like everything that I put myself any position I put myself in, it's like a character study. So I watch mm. like Real Housewives a lot, and my mom's like, that didn't seem like a show that you would watch. But I'm like, I'm gathering information from these people that right. I put into the characters that. Yeah. I write. So it's interesting to like consider yourself a talkative person. Uh, or, or maybe that's not the word, but you know, and you know, yeah. not a quiet, whatever you think of uh-huh. like, um, not introverted maybe. Right. Um, but then in practical, uh, time and externalities experience that, but like the energy of extroversion continues mm-hmm. in this like internal way. And in this like soaking, but like to be part of creation, right. that's right. like, I don't know, that's really interesting. And I, 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 um, I know some friends who are, who feel the ability to be quiet and to be comfortable in that, I do think creates a space for people to fall into yeah, and sometimes really fucking fall into. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have implored some other people that are friends to, to like try to experiment with not feeling like they have to keep things going. Um, I feel that sometimes, you know, like if you're like talking to somebody and they're not somebody who volunteers a lot or, right. you know, 
but um, I don't know. It does. It's like kind of. Uh, I don't know. It fascinates me because it's it's so powerful to me uh-huh. and so like sort of foreign. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like in personal relationships, though, it can be um, bothersome to the person that you're with because they don't. Um, I, I'm not a, I'm not open. I'll say that I'm not an open yeah. person. I don't like to share a lot of information, and I think it's just because I've um, observed people when they share their feelings about a lot of things then they then the person like that's listening to these things knows how to hurt them Mm. and um that's something that i don't i don't i it's it's hard for me to experience feelings if that makes sense like i don't like to be hurt or sad and it do you associate like if you if you have feelings that it will result in hurt or sad if I share too much, then yeah, I think so. And I don't know where that, I've actually like been trying to work this out in therapy. I don't know where that comes from hmm. or why, but, um, I'm not open with people. Um, does it, do you feel like that in guarding against the extremity of like negative emotions, does that also, do you end up limiting like positive ones also? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I, 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 don't get very excited about things a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it does. I wonder about that because my fear about antidepressants Mm -hmm. or things like that in the past was always um, that, uh, again, and I think this is attached to my own narratives about being a fucking damaged, fucked up artist or whatever, was that the highs and the lows. Mm -hmm. I was like, I want, I'll take the lows so I can get the highs. I've definitely adjusted those feelings. And also my experiences on medication too have told me, have shown me that like, that's not really what happens with them. I think like, uh, anxiety medication sometimes can mute life, Mm -hmm. but it's interesting that, um, I do think that can still happen, especially when we guard ourselves. My first martial arts teacher said this thing that always stuck with me where he was like, you have to cultivate a, uh, an attitude of no big deal. Uh And that like, you win no big deal you lose no big deal Mm -hmm. if you make a huge fucking deal out of like winning then when you lose it's it's just as horrible and that like if you can cultivate and it's very zen to me like to create this um i guess i'm always wondering about the, the the spectrum between um uh like a healthy kind of distance uh, mm-hmm. um detachment that's right. what i'm looking for detachment versus dissociation mm-hmm. and i don't know what do you how's that for you yeah i mean like last week i found out some information about um some people that i've known for a long time and when i found out about it i was hurt and angry um, for the parties involved, both parties, but for very different reasons. Um, and, and disgusted too. And, um, I went last week was like a tough one. I'm kind of, cause we were scheduled to do this last week and I'm kind of happy right, that we right. didn't because I was in a very bad place last week. Mm-hmm. I just internalized everything and I was like sharing how I felt with, um, people that I knew, but I didn't, I didn't want to see anybody. I stayed in bed for like three days straight. My body was just like on the, on the third day on Thursday, actually I woke up and my whole body hurt, like to the point where it was difficult for me to even walk to the bathroom. Hmm. Um, so from a sense of, uh, just of like betrayal. Yeah. Yeah. 
and um and and i think and i've never like like last week was one of the toughest like i literally sat and watched my grandmother die um and this would have been this last week was like number two of like the works worst weeks of my life and so um like it physically had a um effect on how i was and emotionally and mentally and um so i wonder that that makes me think or wonder about because you were saying like I mean, I picture this kid. I, I picture this kid that you were. That mm-hmm. was like, and then they're like, "You're, you're, uh, fucking so smart and knowledgeable, and like trying to put that out there." Right. And the response is like, "Hey, stop!" Right. And um, and again, this is just the only. And I don't mm-hmm. intend these to be therapy sessions, mm-hmm. but I think it's interesting that your um, an image is emerging from me that like you're, uh, I don't know, playing things close to the vest or mm-hmm. or um we'll just call it this quietness, like capital mm-hmm. quiet, whatever, capital Q quiet, that like really stems from a space of uh, great feeling. Mm-hmm. And I, and it's almost like, um, like the capacity to experience, um, and I think maybe a lot of us have this, but, but I, I don't think everyone does, like the capacity to experience something like uh, betrayal or grief so physically right. suggests that those are truly enormous experiences for mm-hmm. you. And I wonder if some of this... Um, cultivated guardedness is like is that is mm. is knowing that you have this capacity that's so that's potentially debilitating huh you know yeah. what i mean yeah that's really interesting because that's I, really I, interesting. I, I i um i also wonder because you said your 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 mom moved around a lot mm-hmm. um my family was so fucking chaotic yeah. and my parents were so chaotic that i just got used to chaos mm-hmm. and there and there was like the ups and the downs and me being chaotic, my life being chaotic was just like, that's what it is. Right. Things hurt all the time. Things feel fucking great all the time. And just this like life at a breakneck speed. And I think that ties into some ADD stuff too. But um, it's interesting that I just kind of, I don't know, I experience a numbness sometimes, mm-hmm. even in the face of great emotion. Right. Um, and it's almost like you the way you're describing it sounds almost like you don't experience a numbness. Mm-hmm. You have to uh, create a barrier or like a boundary, a, right. an armor. I against do keep it. like people at arm's length. Yeah. I do. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. I'm, well, I'm, why that's, uh, I don't know. I just, I'm fascinated with the idea that like, whatever the, whatever the thing is that hurts would be so great that it would, um, You'd kind of prefer to, yeah, and I, it might actually now that, that that you're saying that it might have to do like I was moving from anywhere from to eight to two years, eight months to two years. Yeah, I never stayed in one place at a time, so I I don't have childhood friends. Yeah. I don't have um, like siblings? people. I was yeah, I do okay. have siblings. Yeah, and they're awesome. Yeah, um, but you have a good relationship with your siblings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting because I do too. Yeah, yeah my, even though it's like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's just yeah. I have two sisters, and they're awesome, and we're really close. We talk like text all day long. That's great. Do they um, live in? Do they're you in li- Arkansas. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting because yeah, we ended up back in Arkansas when I was um, in high school. Yeah. Um. So. So you have like this. You do. You have these bonds that are like very strong, mm-hmm. but you don't go like making them willy nilly. Right. Yeah. That's right. Fucking interesting. Right. And so like, I just, I um. 
when I, I make friends with people, sometimes I just get tired of them and I don't want to see them after a year. And it might have to do with, I moved around a lot and I didn't have to yeah. deal with, I didn't, I've never had to deal with like fighting with friends or anything. Cause I never knew them for yeah, that Yeah. Like long. what happens past yeah. that year barrier. Right. Interesting. Um, are your romantic relationships like that at all? Um, yeah. 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 Any guy, I mean, like when I first moved out here, I, I, um, had a boyfriend that I had been dating in Arkansas and like we stayed in a relationship while I was here for two years and we barely saw each other and weren't mm. really talking, but it was, it was easy. Yeah. And so we just, it was just comfortable. Um, yeah. And I mean, like in college, my, um, guy that I was dating, he came out, well, he never came out. I just found out he was gay. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. He came out recently, but like I knew yeah. cause I stumbled yeah. upon some information so, and I never told anybody cause I didn't feel like that was my story to sure. tell, but we're still friends now. Um, but it was just like weird relationship. So, yeah, I, it's, I, uh, I don't know. There's just like a lot going on with mm-hmm. this that I find like really fascinating <laughs> because, uh, that's what I was going to say. Society would suggest to us that we're not a uh, whole mm-hmm. or something if we don't. I don't know, look like we have some like laughing social media influencer right. life surrounded by people and right. all, whatever. But uh, how do you feel? Because you feel very solid to me mm-hmm. in your presence. You have these close, strong bonds with people. It's not like you don't have intimacy in your life mm-hmm. or like the ability to have that. Do you feel, I guess like my question is like, there's like an aspect of this kind of like Zen ability to detach that Mm -hmm. I think is very admirable and very strong and Mm -hmm. can be like very like healthy for lack of a better word. Um, and other people would see that and be like, Oh, that's like dissociative. And that's not, you should be wanting these other, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, I was, I took this, um, thing called the wild woman experience where um, the the um, person that does it, her name is Rachel Pringle. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's really hard to explain what it is, but she takes you on this physical, mental journey where she just like blares music and says these like inspirational words and you're, you're within a group with like 10, 15 other women. Your eyes are closed the whole time and you're just expressing yourself through dance and music and Mm. movement and like I like at one point I was just like bawling tears and then other points I was I was like smiling and it was it's two hours of just doing that and um Mm. she said like I told her I was like I'm a calm person and I usually just like things happen and I just brush them off and she said but you're probably internalizing too because she's like people see me as a calm person but but um, I'm able to like take things and and release them and really um, just let them be. But like I deal with the thing right then. You don't deal with things. You mm. just internalize them until yeah they manifest themselves in some type of way. Do you did you take then steps with that or did that put you on? A yeah, direction yeah. Or? That's actually one of the reasons why I started going to therapy again. So it did. Well, this is a nice segue have. into our let's do these six quick cues mm-hmm. kind of thing. Okay. Is like, cause, uh, yeah, we're doing, yeah, we're doing good. I'm, I'm getting better at, uh, paying <laughs> attention to people's time. Um, 
So the, the first questions on the six quick cues are always like those, those two. I, I kind of ask them as one question now, the first two, which okay. are, have you been diagnosed with anything? And if not, like whatever, because I'm getting less and less interested in yeah. a diagnosis uh-huh. because I didn't for years and yeah. it didn't matter. So like, what do you feel you like struggle with? And like, what, what kind of uh, are your things, quote unquote, and then would be so that wild woman experience would be mm. one and therapy, like what kind of... Um, medications maybe you've tried Mm -hmm. or therapies you've tried and like what kind of stuff do you do i don't um i haven't been diagnosed with anything but um have you avoided or ever seen a psychiatrist or i've never seen a psychiatrist um i wouldn't say i've avoided them but i just haven't like really had a thought that i had a need to go yeah and no one's have has told me that i need to go to one um that's probably good i i because me for me um i didn't i did avoid it Mm mm-hmm and then I even had therapists who were like, maybe you would like to try. You know, yeah. And I still avoided it because of my own reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's why I ask is because I think, yeah, if someone's like said and you're right. doing therapy, then I, right. I think psychiatrist is like down the line of mm-hmm. things to try. Mm-hmm. I think going to a psychiatrist too quickly is like inappropriate. Right. Uh, right. Because they, they are the medicine people. Right. And there's a lot of other things to try before medicine, I mm-hmm. think. But anyway. Yeah. And I, um, I, meditate a lot um i think like colors are a thing for me um and so i like surround myself with colors that make me feel good Mm -hmm. um so like i mean you've been to my apartment before and i had like orange curtains and i did that because when i wake up in the morning and i walk out it just like the room feels like a whole sunset yeah or a sunrise yeah that's great and so it like energizes me and then my room was like pink so when the sun came in it would just like be pink and then I would go into huh. orange my kitchen's blue um and then my bathroom's yellow um and so that that like mentally I yeah. like having that type of stimulation yeah um very even, consciously yeah um even like now I just switched it out yesterday I just switched it out to lavender in my living room just for like a calming lavender. effect yeah I love so it. everything I had envy that a little bit because that's I um to me that like kind of syncs up with my image of you as this, as who, as this person who holds your own space so Mm -hmm. strongly because I, uh, don't have that at all. Like I, this apartment you're in right now, I've been here for a couple of years and this is the first apartment I've ever lived in that like felt like a home. I felt like I wanted to go to, I did paint that on the wall one day. That's really dope. Thank you. Bear and Fox. Fox. And like a fit of uh, madness a little bit processing some stuff, but like, I never paint my walls. I, mm-hmm. I, I rarely, like, I don't put posters on or whatever. So when I go to someone's, and as a result, I realized I was doing some of that Marie Kondo purgy kind right. of stuff, you know? And I realized some of that, though, f- stemmed from, I, I realized so many of my things are, like, acquired from other people. Mm. Like, like a piece of furniture or, yeah. or whatever that was, like, they were getting rid of. And, and, and you start to realize, like, this life that I associate with having this, like, chaotic kind of, experience growing up where no space was mine my mom would like move your room when you come home from school you'd be like this is your room now wow Uh, and you had all these siblings on top of each other whatever Mm -hmm. like i just i just uh bodie even bodie being here dropped on me while my brother goes out of town you're like you're like it would never occur to you to have space why would i spend time painting my space or whatever so um i do think that's something to just point out and pause on as like a potential strategy for other people is like taking the time to claim your mm-hmm. living area mm-hmm. and, and some people i guess do that really instinctively but it just wouldn't occur to me yeah you know yeah. And, and yet when i any small thing i do uh like i built some shelves in my room mm-hmm. and even though they're a mess 
I'm like, I like that I picked them. You did it. Yeah. 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 Um, I was living for the first six years of me living here. I was living in a condo with a lady that she owned it. And then I had my own room. And for some reason, my room was painted red. Mm. And nothing else in the apartment was that color. And that just like, it made me angry (laughs) because it's red. I don't want to wake up to that. But when, when I moved out a couple years ago, like I made a conscious choice, like this is what everything is going to be. I made it so like, I would always feel something when I was in that room. Yeah. And so like that, and, um, that's like physically when I look at things and I always like it to smell like lavender or eucalyptus, um, yeah, I've been getting an incense a lot over the last yeah. year. I almost burned some before you got. You know, sometimes I do it before we do interviews, mm-hmm. like Palo Santo or some random incense. Mm-hmm. Just cause... Yeah, I've got some Palo Santo. I've got sage that'll burn mm-hmm. around. Um, when, when with your therapy, is mm-hmm. it like just normal talk therapy? It's just talking. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I what... just felt like that since I do um, keep a lot of things in, then I just needed somebody to talk to. Yeah, and you... I, that's another thing is like I don't like to burden people with what I'm going through as well. That's interesting to me. Do you experience, when other people talk to you, do you experience a burdening feeling? I do, and I you try do. not to. Okay. But um, I do because I'm just, it, some of the things that they're doing, it, I'm like, like you, a lot of times it's like you either put yourself in this situation, so why are you doing it? Like you can get yourself out if mm. you can do it. Um, or... But you hold the things people give on you heavily. Yeah, yeah, mm. I do, and I, and so like when people are telling me these things, it's just like I it it I don't understand why why they're not dealing with it. That's I think that's really interesting to hear because that's so different from my experience. I, that's why I asked because two things. One, the first thing that I it turned into an analogy in my head about was like sometimes we have these habits that are oddly for ourselves, but not for other people. I mm-hmm. think that about like my own uh, body dysmorphia or, or eating issues. I think the way I judge myself, I never think about other people. Mm-hmm. Like it's not part of really how I see anything mm-hmm. except myself, which is, that was my initial thought was like, it's interesting. Like if you, if you didn't feel burden, but felt like worried about it other people, but that was me projecting my own thing yeah. because I realized I maybe burden other people because I, I'm pouring out all the time, right. but um, I don't experience a sense of burden either when they tell me their right. things. I'm right, like, right. oh, that's their things, right. and I'm just here to listen or whatever, but I don't feel like once in a while, if somebody's actually being manipulative and you can feel it, and then I'll have a very strong, these days, I didn't always, uh-huh. now I have a very strong, like, a fuck off kind of feeling inside. I don't actually say that, but I'm just like, because don't put things on people, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, manipulation is another thing. But I think it's interesting to hear that you experience that. And, and I, I, it feels like I wonder if that's tied to like why you don't put it on other people. You that's know, why true. you're so quiet and hold your own stuff is because yeah. you experience other people's stuff like heavily. Right. Yeah. That's fascinating. Right. right. And, uh, and people like they they talk to me about things. And a lot of times they'll be like, um, I'm sorry for telling you all this. And I'll be like, no, 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 it's a problem. You, you, no problem. You can just talk and I'll let them talk. And I'm just like listening, but I'm thinking like, there's a way to handle this and you're not going about the way to handle this. Or if I suggest things, then they're, they disagree with what I suggest. And that is what bothers Mm -hmm. you. Is it, do you, is it, is like, does that frustration, do you experience that like, um, 
instinctively or organically and just, just in the world or, yes. you know, yeah. yes, yeah. that's tough. Yeah, totally. I, I feel like that becomes existential fast mm-hmm. because I have, to, I think I, part of my numb feeling is one of like, the world is so painful. It and is. and when yeah. I think of like, um, how never ending it is mm-hmm. like that, there's, you know what I mean? Like it's bad for me. Sometimes I'll tap in, you know what I mean? I, I, I've, I've never appreciated the people um, who say like that whole like, oh, I don't watch the news. It's not my reality or something like that. Uh Um, Because I was like, what are you talking about? Like, it's real. What are you fucking going to pretend like? But now as I've gotten older, I've just sort of understood a little bit more people knowing their limits. Right. And I think there's a difference. And you can tell when someone's just doing a head in the sand. I don't give a fuck about other Mm -hmm. people. And when people are like, I just know my limits. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, like if you want to even talk about the news, like. I've been like a news junkie, news junkie, news junkie. And then like it just got to a certain point. Like when I woke up, I was listening to the news and then it just got to a certain point where I was like, this is too much for me to deal with right now. I can't deal with it now, but I can listen or read an article later and like take it in, but not take everything in that's been being talked about all day. So like, obviously you're, you hold so much Mm -hmm. of your universe. You're taking all that in. And this woman that you said with the wild woman experience, uh-huh. she recognized that in you. Yeah. So I kind of went back up to that thought and wh- I, I'd ask about if therapy is, if this is part of what you're doing in therapy or, or what other strategy you may have at this point, um, what do you do to process that out? Because obviously yeah. no one could hold all that forever. Right. I, I, it occurs to me that maybe um, in the writing, some of it gets exercised, yeah, yeah. but like, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, even... Um, last week I was telling, um, somebody about what was happening with me and there's somebody that I've known for a long time and they kind of just like listened and then, um, and put it away. Like they just changed the subject to something different, but it was something that I actually wanted to talk to, but it was because they weren't like being an asshole or anything, but it was because I, I, I don't share. And so they just thought I was done. Um, and even like when, when my grandmother died, I was in the hospital room with her and I watched her take her last breath. And when I went to go tell my family, no one really like, like, like came to me and said, how are you doing? Like I literally watched her die mm. because they're like, it's good that you were the one that was in there because you're the strongest. <sighs> And it, and that's something like I can vividly remember everything that happened that day. Yeah. And so it's just, a it's, I'm trying to like, to work on being more open. So then people will actually, um, they won't, when I do express emotions, they won't just take it and then throw it away. You know, does that, uh, when you do, or maybe, maybe it hasn't happened that often when you do get the space to talk mm-hmm. and listen and, and feel someone's listening and mm-hmm. there for it afterwards, do you feel that you've pro like, does that help? It does. Okay. It really does. Yeah. That's and so good I'm to trying know. to get, get better about it. So. Yeah. I think that's, um, I will say, I think, I think it's hard to learn to ask mm-hmm. for space. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, because a lot of us have like 
kind of ties into the embarrassing art thing again because right. we all have this fantasy of being picked, of being discovered, of mm-hmm. someone being like, oh, and I think related to like to that stuff too that someone will just like sense and and know right, right. and when they've got to know you a certain way, I think it's really fucking hard to do this weird uh-huh. thing of it's very weird to like I, I mean i asked my friend for a hug like a few weeks yeah. ago and i'm like a very physical normal person whatever but it was still like i'm gonna be fucking weird right now i really need a hug mm-hmm. and uh that's so corny but sometimes you just need that you need it and, you, and, and i think you also need to allow yourself to do the corny thing right. and then accept it afterward like mm-hmm. um Physical, that's like touches a love language for me. So I've, I've in the, with, um, relationships even been like, can you please just put your hand on my back right now? Mm -hmm. That helps me feel. And sometimes just in the asking, we create a barrier for ourselves now that we go, well, now it's not real. I had to ask for it, Mm -hmm. but I think it it is incumbent on us sometimes to ask for it and then also accept, accept it, even if it didn't happen magically, Uh you know? Um, but that's, that's like, yeah, that's, uh. That's that's good to know. I mean, I we don't know each other that well, mm-hmm. but I can totally see. I mean, I I can see being like, oh, Melissa's fine, right? You know, oh, she doesn't because you're just not used to you being that kind of person, mm-hmm. and that does create this funny like it's like a prodigal son thing. Right. It's like a squeaky wheel thing where you're like, well, they don't need anything. Exactly, exactly. All right, mm-hmm. well, good. It's good at least you're starting yeah. to know to ask about it yeah. and put it out there. Is is the do you do any, um, does like physicalizing help you process mm-hmm. stuff? I have like an exercise bike at home. So I'll just get on the bike and just pedal as hard as I can. Sometimes I do, um, like boxing classes on Sundays. And this past Sunday I was like, they, it's more like cardio with a water filled bag that yeah. you punch and doesn't really hurt that much, but they play music like so loud. And so like I was screaming while I was like punching, no yeah. one else could hear me, which was great. Yeah. And my throat was like raspy when I left just because I could get it all out. So does, it, does that work for you? It does. Okay, yeah. cool. Cause I, I was just want I asked mm-hmm. cause I'm doesn't, I've gone through phases mm-hmm. and sometimes it's like you, you got all this burning it up works but sometimes in the past it's made it like worse for me or i'm Mm. like it's not really going anywhere i gotta learn how to like live with my (laughs) this thing so i I don't know that's good so that's good so you have some practices in place you have some like physicalizing um is the therapy helping it does like i said it was just it's just somebody for me to talk to yeah that's my experience too i don't feel like i'm burdening someone because they're getting paid to listen to me yeah I, i had the opposite for a while where i was like this isn't even real. I'm paying you, right. you know, and I had to get over that to then like, I tell, I tell probably my second or third therapist that I was like appreciated the, why we do this, mm-hmm. like why you pay them, why there's this space. Cause I do think, I think just like you said, that it's just for talking. I even think just the commitment of the time each week mm-hmm. and saying like, this time is for working on myself. Sometimes just a declaration of the intention of it right. has like an effect. Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry, I'll move along. Okay. So three is, um, why do I always forget three? Three is what's something cheesy that you find inspiring? Huh. I don't know. That's a lot. I don't, I've never I thought about That's that. That's a weird one. But. Yeah, I like it though. Um, I, um, I have an Alexa at home and mm-hmm. I'll ask it a joke 
sometimes. Really? And it'll just tell like some random bad joke and it'll just make me laugh and inspire things. So, yeah. Yeah, I do <laughs> think that is because there's something yeah. I, that reminds me of like when I'm on airplanes sometimes mm-hmm. and you're looking at the movies. I watched like one of the last movies I watched on airplane was um, that Ethan Hawke movie that was like where he's the priest and it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, I yeah. know what you're talking about. And um, it, I thought was very good and just devastating. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was th- thinking like I tend to watch movies that make me cry on planes a lot. And they're usually mm-hmm. something I didn't go out of my way to see because I was like, oh, no, I can watch it. I'm on a plane. Mm-hmm. And there was something about that that was uh, makes me think of this Alexa telling a joke thing where you're <laughs> like in this world of like insane corporate business, whatever, there's a the stewardess or a flight attendant is like trying to sell me a credit card and, you right. know, and they're interrupting with ads and still somehow this art makes its way through onto this screen. Uh-huh. Like somehow there's still something real in the back of somebody's headrest that's like making me, that's mm-hmm. telling me. Uh, and it's like that. It's like yeah. in the machinations of like Amazon and this weird robot right. or whatever. There's like this human thing. It is. Yeah. I mean, like all the Alexa, like a lot of people are like, it's always listening to what you're doing. I'm like, somebody's listening anyway. I don't care. Like that doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Big brother does not bother me at all. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, I have, I have a tiny apartment. I have four of them just so that when I'm walking in and out of a room, I can always talk to it. Like if I just need something funny or stupid or just to play music or something. That's so cool. Yeah. I don't know. That I, that's I always like hearing people who like don't have the the standard obvious reaction <laughs> to the thing, you know? Cuz I yeah, I, it does freak me out, but I'm very conspiracy. <laughs> Not that it matters, your phone is that. Right. Like your phone's listening that's to you all the time. That's what I I I say. I'm like everything that our computers are listening to us, the phones are yeah. listening. There's a reason why why you were look you were just talking about being sick and now all your ads are Nyquil. Oh yeah, the, all the stuff about conspiracy theorists used to be like they're gonna put microchips in us. They're like, oh, no, because you pay a thousand dollars to have one. Uh-huh. It's funny. All right, uh, the fourth one, and um, I, I might limit this question eventually because we end up speaking about this during okay. the whole podcast. But like, the question is, what's something dark about you? Is always the fourth question. Okay, um, but like kind of like talk about I it throughout. Talk so, about it, but whatever um, you think, yeah. Because um, the intention I, behind it was always that we're also like forward facing, presenting these like sunny mm-hmm. and, you know, nice things to talk about mm-hmm. when a lot of us have like really fucked up, you know, animal things in us. Right. And, you know, um, I don't know if this is dark, but like death doesn't scare me. I think that counts. OK. It's pretty goth. Yeah. yeah. Like death. I'm just like every and not just in me or other people. And like we're all going to die. So like it doesn't why sometimes like. Like my grandmother, I was really close to her and mm-hmm. I care. But then like when other people die, I'm just like, but like we were going to, we're all going to die anyway. Is, so. it, is it the inevitability of it? Yeah. I'm just, it's like, we're, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. So yeah. it's part, it's life and death. We live right. the things in between, but we're all going to eventually die. Do you worry about what's next? Um, No. Yeah. I don't. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Also, like with that too, like, like when people are mourning people that die, like I, I haven't, I don't think I've ever really mourned for anybody. Really? Uh huh. A lot of times because it's like I feel like they were suffering on Earth, and mm-hmm. now they their body has been released, and they don't have to do, they don't have to deal with that pain anymore. That's been kind of the energy. My grandfather just died a mm-hmm. few weeks ago, and that's sort of been everybody's energy around that. Yeah. And it's weird because 
it's been it was challenging for me because you're like you feel like there's a way you're supposed to feel right. when someone dies this right. grief you're supposed to feel this kind of thing and um I mean, the way I've, I've come to describe it is I didn't know that there was a kind of dying that was like packing yourself up over mm-hmm. a long period of time. He was, he had dementia and stuff. Yeah. And, and that when he finally passed away, it was a surprise. Like it wasn't in the hospital. Mm-hmm. It was at home, but it was also like not because we're like, we knew it was going to happen, mm-hmm. you know? And there's a little bit of relief. Like my dad and my grandma really cl- were, you know, live mm-hmm. with him all the time and taking care of him all the time. And there's a little bit of like, yeah, because he was in pain and he right. was like, you know, sometimes the dementia led to like sort of like funny things. Right. That were like, like my my other grandmother had yeah. dementia and that didn't grieve about that at all because yeah. I was she had she hadn't been there. Like she I don't think she remembered who I was since like I was 12 and she died like six years ago five or six years ago and so when she died actually her funeral wasn't really that sad it was more like everybody came together and yeah celebrated but so i understand that yeah that's cool that Mm -hmm. is i think that's interesting maybe part of the point of the dark question too is like pretty consistently when we talk about these things that we have that are dark you're just like that's not, maybe it isn't so, maybe we shouldn't think it's so dark. Mm-hmm. There's something very healthy. I was talking to somebody about this yesterday who I think is going to come on to talk about a certain kind of um, trauma processing, but that, uh, that like animals experience horrible trauma all the time yeah. and don't hold it. They don't mm-hmm. hold, domesticated dogs will, but that wild animals don't. Mm-hmm. There's this like ability to process things and just seeing accept. people die or other animals die and yeah. get killed all the time in real it's life, life. struggles all the fucking time yeah. and we have like simulated stressors that still trigger us our life or death and and something about it like it's not even real and we still like get so fucked up by yeah. it um and that's like so it's interesting that seems like very sort of healthy and natural in mm-hmm. a weird way to to like look at death that way yeah i get panics about death sometimes still and sometimes i definitely have them about like I have this thing sometimes where I'm in the shower or something, you know, which always seems to be like the most vulnerable headspace mm-hmm. where like I get the weirdest like sense memory of someone I loved having died, like a sibling or something. Mm-hmm. And I have this overwhelming like grief and, uh, and like feeling of, of fear about their vulnerability and yeah. whatever. And that's very strange. And I've never really like examined that too deeply, but do you like, after that happens, do you call that sibling to make oh, sure everything's often. okay? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think it's, my sister feels a little psychic, but I don't know if I have anything like mm-hmm. that. I think it's more just this weird, you know, it's the same, it's cosmic vertigo. It's the mm-hmm. same feeling of when you look in the stars and you're like, everything's so fucking endless. Mm-hmm. Or you start thinking about like, what is existence or like how endless it all is, but how it will end and how finite and you're going to die and there's probably going to be nothing. And, and those kind of like unanswerable questions can sometimes create this like panicky madness in me. Yeah. And so once in a while, but I also kind of think that those are like, those are like an artifact of your organic body trying to process something impossible mm-hmm. less than they are a genuine, like spiritual fear. Right. You know? Right. Uh, the fifth question is what's the last gorgeous thing you saw? Um, when I woke up and look in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> that's the first time yeah. anyone said that. That's really? amazing. Yeah. People I've... will jokingly say like other people, you know, but that's. Yeah. Amazing. I see. Yeah. If you don't love yourself, who else is going to love you? I know that's people say that all the time, but I genuinely, I genuinely feel that. Fuck. Yeah. You might be the first like 
healthy person on this <laughs> show. Well, I mean, I say that facetiously, obviously, because we all have our things. Mm-hmm. But that's beautiful. Yeah. Fucking awesome. How'd you learn that? Um, like, I mean, really learn it in your body, learn it. You know what I mean? How is that your reaction? Um, I think I just had, I had, my parents have always been very nurturing and believed in me no matter what. Yeah. And told me that I can do whatever I wanted to. I mean, they sent me when, um, I was going through school and stuff like they always spoke positivity into my life Mm -hmm. and, um, they really believed like I could do anything that I wanted to do and never, let me believe otherwise. And even when, like I was on this career path, like I wanted to go to dental school. That was my thing. And, um, when I was in college, like my senior year, I took a dental class and I absolutely hated it. Mm. And I had taken, it was my junior year. I took that class and I absolutely hated it. And then, um, my senior year, I had already like finished with school basically because I came in with a lot of AP credits and I took classes in the summer. So, um, my senior year, all I did was take electives for fun because I didn't want to be done with school. So I took like bowling and golf and piano and gymnastics and just all these random classes, but they offered a screenwriting class in my school for the first time. And I took that and I absolutely fell in love with it. Mm. And, um, I was a little afraid to tell them Um, just because they had already been expecting me to go to dental school. Yeah. But then when I told them they were, they just like, they, they were behind me 100%. -hmm. It wasn't, they didn't even like stop and think like, like, um, say like, what have you been working for? Like you have this degree in biology. It was just like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. When I moved here, they supported me for a little bit. So before until i started making money so they've always been you right said there that behind you said, me uh you phrased something at the beginning of that mm-hmm. um about uh you said that they when they spoke into your life yeah and i just like that's that really mm-hmm. is wild to me i love language mm-hmm. uh but most people would say they spoke about me or about my life mm-hmm. and i say that and it's that little instinctive detail is really mm-hmm. fascinating to me. And I feel like there's some big like answer about this like quality that you have in that mm-hmm. because you think things matter and yeah. words matter and that what people are going through matters. You hold it and you feel it. Mm-hmm. And the idea that you would speak into someone's life and that that would matter as a physical thing that yeah. does something, yeah. not just about yes yeah it's fucking interesting and i probably gonna think about that a long time but i just wanted to highlight that and and say something about that because mm-hmm. i'm i'm very and that's i don't know all this stuff all this like sense of ourself and existential and good bad brain stuff is so about contextualizing mm-hmm. things how do we contextualize mm-hmm. things how do we think about a thing right makes it the thing right like, and I think accepting and knowing your world as something that you have the power both ways that you to affect mm-hmm. and speak into is yeah. uh, magical thinking in a that's powerful thinking. Mm-hmm. It's respectful thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like even like my dad still talks about when I was in seventh grade and I ran track 
and I just smoked everybody. Like he still tells the story like it happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, and then he'll tell everybody like what I'm doing in LA. And, um, yesterday my sister said that my mom was bragging to some other people about how I'm just going after what I want. And it's still, even like if they don't tell me directly, I still hear too, um, which they do tell me directly, but how they speak about me to other people too. Mm-hmm. But it does like, it almost like adds to this magic spell, like mm-hmm. this manifesting reality. Yeah. But I think it's like, you seem to carry that understanding with yourself yeah. that you, your words and the way you speak things will manifest. Yeah. It speaks into yeah. your life and other people's lives. So you're careful about 100%. it. 100%. Beautiful. All right, last, last one. Uh, this is a pretty easy one. <laughs> uh, I have this thing called the don't kill yourself list. Okay. Uh, which is, I always, it's when I was in a really dark spot in my life. Mm-hmm. It's a list of things that are usually like accessible and just like, you know, things that you in your subjective sense of reality consider to be objective reasons to stay alive. Okay. Mine always started with uh, coffee sandwiches and lavender soap. Okay. So it's something you would add to the don't kill yourself list. <laughs> Okay, explain again what it is. It's it's just a list of like when you might not need it ever, but uh, for other for me, I started it because I was like feeling really fucking bad, mm-hmm. and it was this exercise of like good things about being alive. Okay, like good things like I can always get a sandwich. Sandwiches yeah. are fucking awesome. Coffee's awesome. Lavender soap. Got it. Yeah, lavender. I'm gonna go with your lavender too, which Love I already it. talked about. Yeah, a I was little like, bit. that's a res- when he yeah. said, it, I was like, oh, yeah, lavender massages. Ooh, and. Being able to find answers to a lot of things on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) That's so fucking good. Yeah. I was thinking about that yesterday. It's wild. I was helping um, do research for the Ologies podcast and just how cool it, like you used to have to use fucking books. Right. It's amazing. And I've been like, I jumped on the, like as soon as AOL started having those discs, I was like, what, I don't understand exactly what the internet is yet, but I want that. And at the time my dad worked at Gateway. And so he got me a computer and I, um, do they even exist anymore? I don't but. know. That's so funny because I was like, <laughs> yeah, fucking gateway. Right. Yeah. Um, but he got me a computer and I put the internet on. And then when I realized that I can look for whatever answers I need to things, it just, that mm. kind that kind of helped too when I, um, when I didn't have like, I couldn't, when I was at school and things and I couldn't really express myself the way that I wanted to, I was on in chat rooms all the time. Yeah lying about how old I was yeah, but I was totally. in chat, wasn't, yeah. yeah I was in chat rooms just talking to people and yeah. made a lot of internet friends totally too. I mean that yeah. would be a, that's a whole nother yeah that's a problem yeah. Jesus. uh well dope that's it thank what do we do our hour 15 not All bad right. we did it pretty tight yeah um thank you do you want to like do you want places people can find you yeah or you can find me across the internet um she is not Melissa that's um, right yeah because it's Melissa with two s's but I spell my name with one s one you have one S yeah. and one L. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and then I have um, podcast. You can hear me on Don't Blame Me with Megan Rinks, um, which I co-host. And then um, other ones, uh, Not Too Deep with Grace Helbig and Directionally Challenged with Candace King and Kayla Yule. And maybe a couple more coming out this year. Cool. So, yeah. All right. Well, thanks. This is awesome. Thank you. This yeah, is like I the really... most we got to talk. I, I, <laughs> I know. I feel like yeah. I know you better. I know. Yeah. I, it's like usually I, I'm i just hearing you talk and you don't hear and there's no talking on well, the other side. And thank you for being so open and like uh, with all the questions and yeah. stuff. I mean, uh, it was a good one for me because I'm trying to get better at mm. receiving. And yeah. part of this podcast has been 
the uh, delightful opportunity that people because who are willing to open up and and share because I you know I don't know that's the, something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Just as last little thing uh-huh. is is the the my favorite thing about this podcast is that it has become a non expert approach to this thing of being alive and. There is this quiet community of people that, uh, you know, it's not like a fucking huge podcast or mm-hmm. whatever, but of real human beings on the other ends of this thing that, I don't know, it helps me just to know other people are out there, right. that there are other right. ways to be alive. Uh-huh. And like you interact with the universe very differently than I do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's like three, four things already that I'm like, I can take and try to use to cultivate certain kinds of... Um, I don't know, peace or answers or whatever with things that I struggle with, you know? Yeah. 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 I totally get that. And, and I was, um, and I'm, I feel like honored that you would even say that. And, and even just like being around you and the way that you express yourself, even like, like you have just like both like this masculine and kind of feminine size to you that I, I really enjoy. And even like on your Instagram, we were just like dancing around. I'm just like, that's just like, He's just so like um, um, just owning his own physical space, and I oh, and thanks. I that's admire what, a lot of I'm things about you. That's what I'm chasing. That's mm. like I don't have that lived sense all the time, mm. and I think uh, there's aspects of fake it till you make it. There's aspects of trying to just cultivate it. Yeah. Um, so thank you, yeah. and I hope that this is this is the start of some new. Yeah, me too. <laughs> thing. Me too. Right. Thanks, Liza. Thank you. Thank you for listening to My Good Bad Brain. If you dig the podcast, check us out at patreon.com slash mygoodbadbrain. Leave us reviews if you like the show. And uh, yeah, that's it. My Good Bad Brain is uh, produced by Mind Jam Media. We're a multimedia production company. We do a lot of things. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Self-care. Hydrate. Be well. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.